Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Winning comes in all shapes and sizes. Every day there's an opportunity for a win, just like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Every day grab-and-go, every day giftable, every day fun. It's where anticipation meets instant gratification, and they're satisfying to scratch no matter the outcome. Like the new Virginia Lottery scratcher Colossal Cash. It's loaded with $100 to $500 prizes. Now, that's an everyday win. Drive to the nearest Virginia Lottery retail location and pick up a scratcher today. Odds of winning any prize, 1 in 3.21. Introducing the Lowe's List for Innovation. While our aisles are filled with innovative products, we've selected our favorites just for you. Like the exclusive Whirlpool washer with industry-first two-in-one removable agitator. We love this washer because you can customize any load. And with other smart features to streamline your laundry routine, this product is a must-have for families. Shop the full Lowe's list of top picks at Lowe's.com. Lowe's, home to any budget, home to any possibility. U.S. only. A moment to remind you that this month, Film Study is brought to you by Manscaped. Support for this episode comes from Manscaped. Manscaped has the right tools to get the job done quickly, safely, and hygienically. Um, go ahead and get check out Manscaped. Manscaped.com. Use the code BIRDLAND for 20% off. It's summertime. You need Manscaped. It's the only men's brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming. They have forever changed the grooming game with their perfect package 3.0. It's constantly a number one recommended gift for men. You should check it out. It's getting warm out. You can use it. Use the code BIRDLAND for 20% off at manscaped.com. Do yourself a favor and get the best tools for the job. And as their slogan always says, your balls will thank you. This is Ken McCusick, joined today by Cody McGowan, all the way from Australia originally. He's now living in Texas. We have a, definitely a lot of international guests on the show. Cody, how you doing? Life's good, Ken. How about you? 
I, I can't complain one little bit. You're taking my line, but that's cool. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> a big fan. So appreciate that. For that. A- appreciate that. We uh, uh, we want to talk about Eric DaCosta today and what he's done for the Baltimore Ravens. And it's interesting because you approached me about a show and doing a top five list of Eric DaCosta's greatest move. Great idea, by the way. And we came up with fairly different lists here, I think, of our top five moves. And I'm, I'm interested to go through this with you. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself first. How'd you get interested in American football? Um, so yeah, just being a big fan of American sports in general for most of my life, uh, came up first of all, liking the NBA, but slowly have gravitated more towards the NFL in recent years. Um, did listen to your last episode, uh, with the Brazilian gentleman and I kind of have a similar, um, similar track to the NFL with him, uh, watching games at three o'clock in the morning in Australia, kind of learnt the rules more from, um, from Madden on the Nintendo 64 and yeah, gone from there ever since. So you're not alone. A lot of people, Aussie rules football fan at all back home, uh, rugby league, rugby league. Yeah. There you go. Aussie rules football. That's We get that a little bit on the ESPN Whatever yeah, <laughs> international problem. During the pandemic, they've started showing a couple more games. They kind of Jones and Franny kind of live sports. So, and the competition kicked back off there a couple of weeks ago. So it's been good. There you go. All right, so let's talk Eric DaCosta tonight. So what we'll do is we'll go through our top five moves in five to one order. We'll let you go first as the guest and and give me your fifth best Eric DaCosta move in his relatively brief tenure. It has been brief, but he's made a lot of moves since he's been in the uh, in the big chair, as you would say. Um, I did have a couple honourable mentions that I can run through first. He uh, having signing Fort and Bynes mid-season was a really big move. I've got uh, Kalias Campbell trade down there. Um, it looks great on paper, but it's a bit hard to throw that in the top five now without seeing him on the field. And his age gives me a little bit of reservations for putting that one up there. But if I go straight into number five, it would be the Vedvik trade. Um, getting a fifth-round pick for a player that was 100% going to be cut from the team was uh, pretty much pulling a rabbit out of a hat, in my opinion. So, I agree. Great, great trade. Uh, very typical, the Ravens. And and you know what happened with Vedvik the year before and putting him on the non-football injury list, which allowed them to retain the rights to him for a full year until they could be traded the following year was really something pretty cool. And, uh, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to make Corey Vidvik a pawn in this entire thing, but he did kind of do something stupid in his, in his first camp to be out in a bad neighborhood. And I know where that neighborhood is. It's right on my way to work. It's not a place you would really want to be an NFL player and be out with some nice young ladies who are just <laughs> interested in you. So uh, anyway, sorry for Corey Vidvik, but, Really happy the Ravens got that pick, and uh, and certainly all those picks in the fifth round and whatnot have been exciting. I'm going to go with with my number five. I think the early extensions that he's gone through, and they've done them for Ricard, for Fort, and then most importantly for for uh, Chuck Clark. And I think he'll he's you know they've identified their defensive signal caller. They've signed him a year early, which means they got him cheap, and he also is is retained. Uh, and, and gets the security himself. But I love those kind of early extensions when they go after them. The Ravens, having capped for the first time in a long time, uh, have been able to pursue those sorts of extensions with a with a very cheap offensive roster. 
Yeah, totally agree. And I mean, I'm sure a lot of Ravens fans think of the same way with um, Ronnie Stanley, Marlon Humphrey coming up. We're kind of really looking forward to those extensions as well. So, All right. What do you have at number four? Uh, four, I had the Hayden Hurst trade. So it was Hayden Hurst to the Atlanta Falcons for a 2020 second round pick, which turned into J.K. Dobbins. Uh, it was a really nice trade by Eric DaCosta to have Hurst play two years on his rookie deal. He was an older rookie, as everybody knows. I think he's 27 at the moment. To get those two cheap years out of him and then turn that into a second round pick, which then turns into four cheap years of Dobbins, I thought that was really nice work by DaCosta. Yeah, it's recovering about half the value on Hurst. And as a first-round pick, they could have had him for up to three more years. I'm okay on that pick. I just don't think it makes the top five. I'm okay on the trade. I'm sorry. Uh, I do think that they failed to harvest two years' worth of good value on Hurst, largely because of the injury in in year one. And in year two, they used him well, and I was really excited to see what he would do this year. But I think the trade made a lot of sense in terms of not having all of their tight end contracts stacked up to end uh, after 2021. So in, in, in those terms, you don't want to have everybody who needs as their handout for money at that point. Uh, Boyle and Andrews together will be difficult enough for the Ravens to sign. Exactly. And with Hurst having the fifth year option, I think it was kind of a given that that was going to get declined unless he really exploded as a player and kind of took over from Andrews as the number one option. So. It was nice that EDC could uh, find a trade partner that was willing to take him on and give the Ravens some value back. All right, I'm going to go ahead with my number four. I'm going to group some moves, and they all came in 2019 to fix the front seven, but what the Ravens did subsequent to the week four disaster against the Browns to fix that defense was I've never seen anything like it done so effectively in season. And I don't know exactly who to give most of the credit to, but DaCosta gets a good portion of it mm-hmm. for going to the market and finding these guys. Then Martindale for folding them in effortlessly, probably Harbaugh for being willing to pull the trigger on the thing as well. But some combination of those three deserve most of the credit for this. Fortin Bynes being found uh, were immediately two very useful linebackers, and they showed the fortitude to effectively flush the toilet on what they had. You know, it's kind of discarding your entire hand at poker, uh, you know, all five cards as if that's allowed, <laughs> but I guess in draw poker, maybe somebody does. Uh, then they added they added Ward, of course, who ended up being a very uh, important inside-outside piece as a pass rusher. So they really they got him because he was a you know a larger five tech who could also play defensive end, or sorry outside linebacker, and uh, and he ended up being a, having a good nose for the football, being able to rush the passer some from inside and providing some valuable defense. And then also the two nose tackles, they they got Pecco and Ellis. I thought they had two guys there for one spot in the week they did it. And what it looked like to me is they said. Let's just sign both of them. We don't know who's going to be ready by game tape, but we'll have two. And then Pecco ended up being quite a player the rest of the season. Yeah, totally agree. There, there were some really nice moves in there for ADC midseason, kind of saved the defense there after the shellacking the Browns gave us, and they just charged on after that. So it was really nice to see. All right. How about your number three? Uh, number three, I had drafting Hollywood Brown. This is a little bit of a projection into the future because obviously Hollywood's only played one year, but I loved Eric's aggressiveness in his first year as GM to really attack the position in the draft. I mean, 
as a Ravens fan, we all know the difficulties that the teams had in drafting receivers. So for him to really attack that and then to, it seems like he's hit on Hollywood as the first round pick. Uh, I really love that. So his his deep threat um, is big for our offense. It kind of makes the whole thing go. His ball, ball tracking ability is amazing. Every time I think of that, I kind of go back to the Arizona catch on, I think it was yes. third and 10 to steal the game. And then also that really nice catch in traffic against the Titans in the playoff game. So, um, yeah, they, yeah. Sorry. I was just going to say the third and 10 catch against the, the, uh, Arizona shows so much about what was good about Hollywood Brown in his first year. And despite some physical limitations, not really having that fourth gear to run in as we're learning this offseason, you know, he didn't reach the, the top speeds that, you know, we, we can expect out of Hollywood going forward. What I liked about it is he ran his route, you know, several yards from the sidelines, maybe five or four to five yards inside the sideline and allowed him room to effectively box out that corner so that he went moved sharply the boundary he had room to make that catch and 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 uh and win the ball game with that uh with that single play the ravens might have won anyway but that sealed the game and it was a it was a beautiful drive there to uh to shut it down yeah no that was definitely lovely work and for him to walk straight into the team and have instant chemistry with lamar i think that's huge obviously a franchise qb needs a franchise level target so it's going to be really nice to watch them two grow together yeah, it sure is. And it looks like they've got that, not only that friendship that goes together, but the two of them are compulsive self-improvers, which, by the way, best kind of leadership you can have on the team is to have people who demonstrate clearly how important it is to seek self-improvement. You know, Miles Boykin going out and buying himself a jugs gun is another good example, but a young team to have leaders like that uh, it's just outstanding. Bill James had an old statement. He's a baseball analyst here. You probably heard of him, but he, he used to say the best leadership comes from the best players. And boy, have the Ravens got two guys at the top who are very exciting. Yeah, I've heard you say that before, and I totally agree. So. All right, I'm gonna. My number three is the 2020 draft value, and I, we don't know about the 2020 draft entirely right now. But I'll tell you what I like in the about the sign about the way that they did it is the Ravens picked against need with at least two of these picks. The first was the Dobbins pick at number 55. A lot of people had the Ravens drafting another big wide receiver like Denzel Mims would have been a possibility uh, at that point. But they took Dobbins because they saw value in that player. And whenever the Ravens have ignored need to pick value, they've generally done very well uh, with that. It means they're getting back to a best player available and they have a chance to, you know, really beat the other teams in terms of a value pick. I thought the Malik Harrison trade was similar in that regard. It's not obvious exactly how the Ravens will use Malik Harrison to get three down value out of him. And he's a third round pick. So you'd certainly hope that they could, you know, have a chance to get a three down starter, but they obviously, they have some plan. They see something in terms of value that they like. Yeah. Right. Um, agree on most of those points as well. The 2020 draft is a little tough to grade right now. I mean, we will see some more when the guys get on the field, but they definitely did well with the amount of picks that they'd accumulated on there. Okay, number two for you? Uh, two, I had the Marcus Peters trade. Um, so it was Marcus Peters for Kenny Young and Baltimore Ravens 2020 fifth round pick, I believe. Uh, Peters came straight in, did some great work in the game against Seattle, pretty much won us this game, I think, won us that game, I think. 
Um, he's an all-pro caliber player for a fifth pick and Kenny Young, who was out of the rotation at the time. EDC also extended him at the end of the season and we're kind of getting him for his prime years, which is really nice. Uh, I think he's a great complement to Humphrey. Now that we've got Tavon who can move back inside, we'll have Humphrey on the outside locking down the opposing number one receiver and that gives Peters kind of room to ball hawk. I know you've got some great stats on him being one of the best, uh, with the best interception rate since Ed Reed. So hopefully we can see a lot more of that in the future. Yeah. Best interception rate of all time. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that, but interceptions are way down in the league. And, and when you compare him, normalizes interceptions over his career to the years they occurred, and you, you get the highest uh, per 16-game total of all time. Uh, I have the Peters trade also at number two. There's so much I like about it, but I'm going to try and stay away from the things you said because I think everything you said is absolutely on the money. Um, I compare this to the Ramsey trade, and the Ravens acquired for Peters for approximately – four to five percent of what the Rams acquired Ramsey for. And when you look at it, Ramsey was a 26 game rental at the time. I believe it was 10 games in 2019 and another 16 games in 2020. And I might be off by by a game there, but I'm not off by much. And it was roughly a 10 game rental for uh, Marcus Peters to do the same thing, except the Ravens ended up signing him. Now, now, the value they traded away, I think you really have to ascribe to the 10-game rental. They got an all-pro cornerback in 2019. I think they got value out of that for, for, for what they traded away. Um, and, it, and the additional opportunity to sign Peters, probably you can ascribe some marginal value to as well. Him being in Baltimore, liking playing in that defense, probably liking a lot of the freedom he's given – Peters is a natural gambler. You mentioned him being a ball hawk, but he has tremendous savvy in terms of knowing when it's a good risk to undercut a route, taking occasional chances to make a big play. And I've talked about this occasionally on the show, but defenses need to seek variance, and Peters exactly does that. So the Cincinnati interception, probably the best example of that, because the Seattle interception, he completely deked Wilson into. Remember that? I do, yeah. Yeah. But the Cincinnati interception was one where he knew the Ravens were rushing seven or eight on the play, and the quarterback realized it too, Finley, Ryan Finley, checked into a three-step drop. Gannon called it right off TV. He's seeing it, and he's saying, oh, three-step drop, quick pass to the outside. Well, Peters realized it too, undercut the route, pick six. So if he had been wrong, the pass rush would have gotten there before he'd have gotten off a longer pass there. So to me, Peters just – his savvy exactly complements the rest of this defense and their aggressiveness. Yeah, I totally agree. And he kind of just screams Raven as well. I know he had some uh, some hot-headed kind of issues in his previous stops, but it feel, feels like he's just fit right in with the culture. So it'll be nice to watch. It's going to be really exciting to watch that secondary if the guys play the season this year. That's that's certainly where they have their invested money. Their money invested back to front there uh, in this defense. So we're up to number one here. I, I won't provide you with a drum roll, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think my number one, it has to be uh, EDC extending Harbour through 2022. Um, I mean, we all saw the season that the Ravens had last, last year, and I don't think that that happens without Harbs and his, uh, his ability to trust his coordinators which can backfire on him at times if he's got an average or below average coordinator he will lean on them too heavily and it can hurt particularly the offense 
But with him having two stud coordinators, he's able to kind of just let them do their thing. He does his uh, CEO style coaching and um, everything kind of runs through him. So re-signing Harbour through 2022, I think, is the biggest move he had. We probably don't have the MVP Lamar without having Harbs on the staff and really embracing analytics as he did through the 2019 season. Yeah, I, I agree that that change in Harbaugh is definitely his biggest improvement. And he's had other years where he's he's been more aggressive. But when you really look at what they were willing to do on fourth down, uh, you know, even looking back to that very first game against Miami where Levine had the 60 yard run and nobody thought they should have been trying to run the ball up 35 to three at the time <laughs> to, to try and get that extra first down. But I love that stuff. I just I, I love taking chances to, to go forward and forth down. And I think it's funny, I, I, you may or may not have watched the show, but young Sheldon had an episode about always going for it on fourth down. And, and he was the uh, he was the advocate for it. But pretty good, pretty fun thing. But that definitely puts the analysts in their exact, in their exact light. Exactly. I think that him embracing analytics like that really was like, he was kind of the champion of the analytics community on Twitter anyway. I don't know about IRL, but yeah, they were really stoked with what he did all year. And he won coach of the year deservedly so, I think. So, um, anytime that a special teams coach gets a head coaching interview, it seems like his name is kind of brought up as that shining example of what they can get done. So Yeah, it's it's not a common thing. Oftentimes you want a head coach who'll take over one side of the ball, which means he's going to be watching the defense or he's going to be watching the offense, but he's bought in as a guru on one side. But Harbaugh truly is a delegator and that's been that's been very valuable. And now he's got, as you said, the two coordinators, just outstanding. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I feel like he's also kind of never really lost the locker room as far as I can tell. Obviously, we're not in there, but it really seems like every year he gets the guys up to play no matter what their record is. So that's got to be a, a testament to him also. And and for EDC to kind of see that, like there was that rocky period mm -hmm. uh, during the 2018 season where, where he was kind of on the hot seat, but um, they never wavered. Harbour trusted in his staff. They made the QB change, and uh, it's all been great from there on. So, yeah. All right, I'll give you my number one. I, I'm going to say restraint, and I, I think the best example of that restraint we're seeing right now relative to COVID-19 and a lack of willingness to mortgage everything for win-now moves. This is obviously a team that's right on the brink of a Super Bowl. Obviously, they're... The, the two best teams in the AFC are staring each other down uh, with the Ravens and the Chiefs. The Patriots are done. They're, they may finish 500 this year. They may not. It'd be a pretty damn good year for them if they did, frankly, with the new quarterback. Uh, I don't, I'm not buying into the rise of the Texans, and I don't think Houston is quite on the level with – I'm sorry, with the rise of the Titans. And I don't think Houston is quite on the level with either team despite having a good quarterback. So I think it's really the Ravens and the Chiefs in the AFC. And, and to not – make some of the moves that have been presented to them uh, so far. And Adams, Brown, Kaepernick, all, all as players who might marginally improve the team. If they might be worth it, they would involve draft capital. They would involve trading elements of the future, whether it's draft capital or cap from a future year to try and be more competitive now and have a chance at a, a better chance at a Super Bowl. But you've got to look at that and say, Boy, there's a chance the Super Bowl won't get played this year. We've got to discount that likelihood. And I think he's one of the few GMs 
that's really poised to do that. For example, uh, Bill O'Brien, I don't think he has any clue what delayed gratification means. <laughs> no, totally agree. And that's a great point on the Super Bowl might not even be played this year. So it's good to see that he's keeping his cards close to the chest and kind of looking at the long-term view, which I think he's always going to do anyway. But right now it's pretty pertinent to keep his eye on, on that long-term goal. Yeah, it seems to be very natural. Anybody who is a, a normal draft pick accumulator is going to is going to be a long term thinker. And as fans, you know, I've always I, I made the point that fans have the longest term view. And I, when I say that, I mean the well informed fans. I'm not talking about everybody who wants the Ravens to pick up Des Bryant on Twitter because that's ridiculous. I'm talking about people who really value draft picks, and and that's generally the fans um, value them more than the coach who's who's always on the hot seat in terms of performance, oftentimes more than the GM and who may be on a, on a slightly less hot seat, depending on what his situation is, and often more than the owner who has to make profits now and put a product on the field that will sell. But your hardcore fans, those guys, they're there for life. I mean, I, I'm not going anywhere for the rest of my life, however long that is. And, you know, I want to see the Ravens accumulate a value and be consistently – uh, competitive, just like the Orioles were when I grew up. Uh, you know, it's it's. I don't want to see spiky Super Bowl runs with a lot of you know mortgaging the future to do it. Yeah, no, I think we're definitely on the same page there. So glad we've got EDC in charge because he seems to hold the same view. All right, well, it's a, a pleasure having you on, Cody. Where can people want to communicate with you online or see your thoughts? Where can where can they do that? Uh, a lot of the time I spend on Twitter, kind of, yeah, talking to other Ravens fans. So you can get me at, at Cody McGowan. That's C O D E Y M C G O W A N. You are the second McGowan with who I have done a short. I was wondering when I got your original email if you were the same guy, but, uh, <laughs> but, but you're not. And, uh, and I encourage you to look for Cody, give him a follow, tag him occasionally on some things that are, uh, that you have a, a question about. And I'm sure you'll get a very intelligent answer because you're, you're, Obviously, you have it very together in terms of your thoughts here. Uh, I also want to put in a plug for film study shorts in general. Uh, if you're like Cody and you have a topic of interest, uh, as he did, please direct DM me on Twitter and we'll talk about it. And uh, I'll try and uh, slot you in for a, for a short. We're doing a lot of these per week now, and I'm really loving this process and, and uh, meeting new people who are through this. So please don't be shy. Come to me and, and, uh, and let's talk. Cody, thanks again for joining us today. This is, a, this is a, just a great idea for an episode and, and thanks for coming on and sharing your thoughts no thank you so much have a good one ken all right take it easy we'll talk to you next time on film study Birdland Sports. For fans, by fans. Find more great shows like this at birdlandsports.com. Winning comes in all shapes and sizes. Every day there's an opportunity for a win, just like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Every day grab-and-go, every day giftable, every day fun. It's where anticipation meets instant gratification, and they're satisfying to scratch no matter the outcome. Like the new Virginia Lottery Scratcher Colossal Cash. It's loaded with $100 to $500 prizes. 
Now, that's an everyday win. Drive to the nearest Virginia Lottery retail location and pick up a scratcher today. Odds of winning any prize, 1 in 3.21. Introducing the Lowe's List for Innovation. While our aisles are filled with innovative products, we've selected our favorites just for you. Like the exclusive Whirlpool washer with industry-first two-in-one removable agitator. We love this washer because you can customize any load. And with other smart features to streamline your laundry routine, this product is a must-have for families. Shop the full Lowe's list of top picks at Lowe's.com. Lowe's, home to any budget, home to any possibility. U.S. only. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.